Do you have a social media problem or are you worried those you love might have a problem? Well, today we're going to take a look at five signs that you might want to pay attention to. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. So we have been talking about uh, tech and your use of tech. So last week we focused on the question, are you addicted to tech? We talked about the difference between a habit and an addiction, and I gave you two key questions to really help you develop more awareness of your social media use and to help you manage your use of social media. So the questions related to uh, frequency and impact. So the frequency of your use of tech and then the impact of your use of uh, tech or social media on your life, your relationships, all that good stuff. So if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, I would encourage you to take a listen. Um, It will really um, help set you up well for our podcast today. So today I want to get very specific and share five warning signs um, of social media addiction or problematic behavior. Um, one of the things we talked about last week is that social media addiction is not as common as it may seem. And, you know, I kind of get on my soapbox a little bit about the term addiction, but what's true is tech is everywhere. And if you are not aware, you can land yourself into some problematic behavior. And so really my hope is to help you develop awareness and for you to be steering the bus um, rather than you being steered by um, a behavior that is potentially problematic or compulsive. And so um, every week with the podcast, my goal is to help you pursue what matters by strengthening your confidence to lead in one of three areas, leading with clarity, leading with curiosity, and leading and building a community. And today we're really focused on helping you lead with curiosity, where we're focused on developing self-awareness and self-leadership skills. Um, Because, right, if you can't lead yourself well, you are going to have a hard time leading other people. That is so true. And so let's start. I want to start by sharing um, the five signs. And then for each sign, I have some solutions to help you um, to really give you some good practical ideas um, where you could start to really start helping yourself. And of course, you know, we don't want anyone to um, panic about any of this. So let's go ahead though, and jump right in to, um, the five signs you might have a social media problem. And so sign one, your tech use is compulsive. Okay. So if you remember from last week, one of the components of the definition of addiction is compulsive nature to the behavior. So what counts as compulsive behavior? So in a 2019 paper in neuropsychology review, they define compulsive behavior as the feeling we have to do something repeatedly, even when we know we really don't have to. Okay. So sometimes we think about this with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, but, uh, 
Um, we also can see it quite often with social media use where we get stuck in scroll holes. We know that we don't need to check, you know, our feed, but we do. And, you know, social media is really designed for this reinforcement of behavior and which lends to compulsive behavior because the feed is always refreshing, right? There's always something new to see. And so it's really designed to kind of feed that need to, you know, check it repeatedly and see what you've missed. And so that is definitely um, a pattern where you're more likely to develop um, some compulsive behavior. So that's um, that's the definition of compulsive behavior from neuropsychology review. Um, some other components of that is compulsive behavior overcomes good judgment, right? So there can, you know, we can engage in dangerous behavior that we know is not um, a good idea. So such as scrolling when driving or crossing the street. I mean, how many people have you seen crossing a busy street with their head stuck in their phone? Um, And of course, we know that um, using a phone while driving happens way too often and it's so incredibly dangerous. And so that is another feature of compulsive behavior. It overcomes good judgment. So not only does compulsive behavior overcome good judgment, but it also, right, like you can even engage in behavior that you don't, um, you don't like, that you don't want to be engaging in. And that's really speaks to that compulsive hook is that you feel compelled to do a behavior, even though you don't like the behavior. Um, and it can get to that point, certainly with tech use, certainly with other addictive processes. Um, and I, when I think about this compulsivity component of, um, behavior, you might feel like you're on a runaway train and cannot get off. Um, and so I defined addiction last week, but I just want to review it again. So you can, um, so you can be aware of that. And this comes to us from Anna Lemke, a professor of psychiatry and addiction medicine at Stanford. And her addiction, her addiction definition is the continued compulsive use of a substance or behavior despite harm to self and or others. And I think that that definition really wraps up um, some of those some of the things that we just talked about when we think about what counts as compulsive behavior, uh, that compulsive behavior overcomes good judgment. And often we can be engaging in behaviors that we really don't want to be engaging in. And that just shows you how compulsive it has become. So some questions, right? Are you consistently putting off sleep to engage in tech? Are you missing things in meetings due to scrolling? Is there conflict in your relationship due to your tech use? Now, these might be uncomfortable questions to ask, but it's really important to pay attention to these questions because they really can help point to, boy, is there a compulsive um, aspect to your tech use? So remember, sign one is tech use is compulsive. And so let's give you some practical solutions to help you where you're at. Um, So the first solution that I have for you is to bring more awareness to tech use. Now, this podcast and the last podcast last week were all focused on helping you have more awareness. So it's not to label anyone or to shame anyone or to freak out anyone, but really to help you bring more awareness to your tech use. So what's true is habits are done on autopilot. And so they can be very challenging to overcome. This is why we really need to bring awareness to our behavior. So the key is to bring awareness to the behavior. So you're not on 
autopilot. So this is from Phil Reed. He said the way to treat habits is to bring them into consciousness and make yourself aware of what you're doing. So as a psychologist, I can't tell you how powerful this little intervention is. Whatever it is you're doing, bring more awareness to it. So this can be for good habits that we want to do more of. It can be for bad habits, right? That we want to do less of. Having more awareness of like, what am I actually doing can be so helpful because what's true is most of us are doing our habits outside of our conscious awareness. And that's right. That's the thing about habits. They kind of become um, like second nature on autopilot. And so you don't always have the awareness that you need. So for example, um, how could you bring more awareness to your tech use? You could log how often you check your feeds in a day, including brief glances. So one of the things I talked about last week is that addiction is on a continuum, right? And problematic behavior, um, the same thing. And so if you're checking your feed once a day, that's very different from someone checking their feed 20 times a day. You can see how 20 times a day, like the more you're checking, how that can take on a compulsive aspect. It isn't always, but it's certainly more likely. And so if you check, right, if you log how often you are checking your feeds in a day, you can get a really good picture of what's happening. You can turn off app notifications because if you get that app notification, right? Your habit not done in consciousness can be, oh, I'm going to open it. I'm going to check. And so if you turn off those app notifications, right, then you're more likely to be intentional about when you move to the app. You can silence your phone. You can set your phone on do not disturb. You can customize your focus settings, especially you can do that on Apple for work hours and when driving so that you're not getting any notifications. And what I would say is, take off as many notifications as you can um, because it just, in general, it just absolutely destroys concentration. Um, And so, you know, aside from whether there's a tech use problem, um, having notifications on your phone is just, it is a recipe for distraction and ineffectiveness. And so that is our first solution to bring more awareness to tech use. And I shared a couple examples of how you can do that. Okay, so relative to this first sign that the tech use is compulsive, I've got a second solution for you, and that is to fill the time with other activities. So this is from Cal Newport. He's an author. He's He does a lot of great writing on um, attention and focus. And he said, if you don't increase other things as you reduce social media, almost any other attempt to reduce it won't work. Okay. So you better prepare, be prepared to fill the time with other activities. This is true of any problematic behavior. So you can start by switching from a less desired app to an app that is more in line with your higher self. So one of the things that I did when I was just noticing, like I, and this was quite a while ago, but I'm like, I am spending too much time on Instagram and there's really no purpose for it. And I don't feel great about myself after I, um, spend this, you know, this mindless time on it. And so one of the steps that I did was uh, there were a few steps and some of them will be in this, in, in our solutions today. But one was I switched to, 
um, to using another app. When I felt that restlessness, because one of the things I noticed is when I had a free moment or I was feeling a little um, restless, that's when I was more prone to scrolling. Um, and you know what? There wasn't good intentional use there. And so instead of going to Instagram, which really hooks you up for that compulsive behavior with those feeds, I went instead to the Wall Street Journal or you know, you could choose another um, news app. Um, and so this was a good substitute for me because I like to be aware of the news. And so it was something that, you know, was a little more useful for me. Plus the Wall Street Journal app doesn't pull me in like Instagram. So I'm much less likely to be compulsive with it because it's like, oh, it's interesting, but I don't, right? Like it doesn't continually refresh. I'm not seeing people I know. It's, it's, um, so, so that reinforcement schedule and the compulsive nature is just totally um, fallen away because it just doesn't pull me in like Instagram and some of the other social media platforms. And so that was a really helpful thing for me. So that could be one step that you take is start by switching um, from an app you're trying to use less to a, an app that's more in line with your higher self. So maybe it would be, um, you know, I, so I like um, learning about geography. So it could be a geography app where you're quizzing yourself and, you know, learning um, geography. So you know, paying attention to when you turn to social media can be really helpful. So as I noted, I sometimes would turn to social media when I was feeling a little restless or anxious or bored, right? And it's just so easy to go to social media. And so we want you to try a coping skill instead. So right, fill the time with other activities. So you could do two minutes of paced breathing. You could review a favorite quote or mantra. You could make a quick list of what's worrying you so it's out of your mind you could do something physical so it doesn't have to be with your phone in fact if it's probably even better if it if the activity you turn towards is not on your phone Um, and so that's our second solution is fill the time with other activities Okay, so now let's take a look at the second uh, problematic sign. And this is tech use is getting in the way of life. Okay, so last week, the second key factor that I um, said that as a psychologist, I pay attention to when it comes to concerning behavior is the impact on functioning. This is a really important key to pay attention to. So is the behavior getting in the way of life? Is it getting in the way of work or school? Is it getting in the way of relationships, health? well-being. If the answer is yes to any of these questions, you've got a problematic behavior. And I think it's really important to ask these questions of more than just yourself. Because when we are trying to defend or protect a behavior, it's very easy to say, no, this isn't a problem. Like this this is just fine. Um, But when you ask maybe your partner or a loved one, um, if it's a problem, they might have a very different answer for you. And here's what's true. You might not want to know that you might not want to hear that answer um, because maybe you enjoy the behavior you don't see it as a problem so it's really important to distinguish who has a problem with 
these behaviors. So, right, you might not be concerned with your social media use. You may lack awareness or fail to appreciate how it does get in the way of life. Um, So we tend to defend what we like. Me, I don't have a problem. Um, But what about people in your life? Have they expressed concern or frustration with your tech use? Or if you were to ask them, would they be likely to express concern or frustration? So think about your partner, think about boss or colleagues, think about your kids, think about friends. So often those who are closest to us have a clearer view of our behavior than we do. um, Because they are impacted by the behavior and they don't feel any need to defend the behavior that right where you might be more likely to defend your behavior. And so they have a unique perspective and it doesn't mean um, that it's totally accurate either, but it can be a helpful perspective um, to take on. So, um, right. We, when we go back again to that Um, definition of addiction, right? And the impact um, in your life, are you consistently putting off sleep? Are you missing things in meetings? Is there conflict in your relationship due to your tech use? So again, we want to reflect on the different areas of our life so that we can make sure that we are, um, that we're, we're catching that and that we're really committed to being aware of how our behavior might be impacting um, various aspects of our life. Okay. And that brings us to solution three, try doing a screen fast. So the way that this is described in some of the research and in the wall street journal article that I will link to is we think about a 24 hour dopamine fast. So that might not sound like fun, but it can be a really good thing. So here are the recommendations for that fast. Don't touch any screen related device for a day, right? That might be kind of hard to do. So you might want to kind of pay attention to how you might be able to do that. Um, Beforehand, let people know you won't be reachable. Um, It's easier to do this with friends or family, right? So if you can enlist some support, um, that will make it a lot easier to do. And then as you're going through that fast, notice how you feel during the fast. So do you have any anxiousness or irritability Do you have the restlessness or intrusive thoughts about your feed? Um, Or do you, right? So that might especially happen earlier in the day. Um, And as the end of the day comes on, right, as you have a little more time away from it, do you notice a lightening of those symptoms Um, and maybe even a relief to not be um, associated with your feeds. So I think that can be a really powerful um, reset. It can be just a small reset that helps to build more awareness. So even if, you know, none of these signs really um, load for you and it's not really problematic, if you have a desire to just, you know, let's just kind of do a health check on our screen use, you could do this 24 hour dopamine fast and you might learn some things, right? You might notice like, yeah, like I don't miss it. And maybe I want to make some other choices so that I um, have even more separation from it. And so I think um, regardless of whether you have signs of problematic use, this 24 hour dopamine fast can be really helpful. So another option, um, if you, if you, 
if you're up for even more, would be a 30-day screen fast. Now, this is really recommended mostly if you suspect you have a tech addiction or you just have a strong desire to have a separation from screen. That's that's fine. That's not a problem. But if you um, if right some of these signs really load for you, then you might very strongly um, consider a 30-day screen fast because what we know from addiction research is that it takes about a month of staying away from addictive behaviors and substances for the reward pathways in the brain to reset. So you've got to have a sustained amount of time where you're separated from the behaviors to really start to get the benefits. Um, and so I think that that can be really helpful. So with sign two, we talked about tech use getting in the way of life. And with solution three, we are recommending to do a screen fast. So you could do a 24 hour dopamine fast, or you could do a 30 day screen fast. And now let's move to sign three. So what's the third sign that we need to pay attention to? You need more social media to feel satisfied. So this is a classic, um, a classic component of behaviorism, right? That we see with compulsive behavior, addictive behavior. So social media overuse can lead to increased tolerance of pleasurable effects, which pushes you to, to use more of the behavior or the substance in order to feel good, right? We see this with alcohol dependence, um, but we also see this with other addictive behaviors. So you, you could find yourself pushing for more and more time on social media because you're trying to chase this pleasurable effect. Um, and you know, the, the truth is like that becomes harder to chase over time. And so we want you to track your app usage or review your screen time settings to see if you're spending more time on social media over time, right? So is there a pattern of increasing use or do you notice, right? Like you need more of that social media to feel satisfied. And so let's take a look at some solutions. So we're on to solution four, and that is to restrict your phone use. So leave your phone behind. So that's something I'm, I'm often talking um, to folks about at home is like, we don't need the phone, right? Like that it can stay in um, the dresser drawer, can stay in the basket, in the kitchen. Like we, there's not a rule that says we need to have this on our hip at all times, unless indeed you're on call or something. Um, you don't have to be reachable 24-7 um, unless you are on critical a critical care call. Um, so just you, you want to challenge your own um, expectations and your own anxiety around that. I all, I often remind myself and others that the phone works at my leisure, right? Like it is a tool um, to help me to facilitate, you know, convenience and work in my own life. And I will not be um, a slave to it. And so, you know, some of the ways that you can work with that is regularly let um, phone calls go, let them go to voicemail. Don't respond to texts um, as soon as they come in. And so you can use designated times to respond to calls, texts, and emails. This also just really helps with focus and lessening of distraction. Because if you're always responding to the vibrations of your phone, it's very hard to get traction on focus and concentration. You can also restrict phone use to certain hours of the day. So it's like, okay, after six o'clock, I'm not on the phone anymore. Um, certainly restricting phone use before bed 
bedtime is really important for uh, for sleep quality. You can also set time limits on problematic apps. So, you know, I, I at this point, I don't think I have any problematic behavior with specific apps, but I still keep the time limits on there because I want to keep that awareness of like, oh boy, like I'm sliding into, you know, that 10 minute um, time limit. And so again, that can be a helpful tool for maintaining awareness. You can also delete troublesome apps and then observe your behavior. So how hard is it for you to stay away from the desire to use the app? Um, Do you find yourself downloading it again or wanting to? Um, Do you experience anxiety or FOMO, right? Fear of missing out, frustration or anger when you're away from the app. Uh, So it's really important to pay attention to what comes up for you emotionally because that really points to, you know, what, you know, how you've maybe been using social media to manage emotions. Um, And then we don't want to fill free moments with phone use, right? Put it down, out of sight, out of mind, sit silently and watch everyone else on their phones. That's something I do sometimes in public um, because it's just so automatic for everyone to go directly to their phones, right? It's a way to avoid communication, boredom, um, anything. And I think it's so fascinating. Maybe that's just the psychologist in me. I think it's really fascinating to people watch in general, but especially um, to watch people on their phones. And it's kind of heartbreaking sometimes, right? Like if you see, um, you know, couples or families at a restaurant, it's like everyone's on a device, right? They're not really interacting. And so we really want to put it down. We want to breathe. We want to notice the world around us and pay attention to your thoughts and feelings, right? Like they're there to guide you and inform you. I would also really encourage you to create phone-free zones. Um, You can do that at home. You can do that at work. So some of the phone-free zones I would recommend, the bathroom, um, driving for sure, absolutely. Um, Specific meetings at work, right? So sometimes it's not practical to do that in all meetings, but if phone use becomes a little problematic or it's like, hey, everyone's distracted, um, maybe you want to set specific limits around that or time limits, Um, Some other phone-free zones would be focused project time, the dinner table, um, church, unless, of course, you know, you're using specific um, uh, faith-based apps that facilitate uh, your worship, but being intentional about that. And then, you know, when we think about trying to develop more awareness and restrict that phone use, when you feel that urge to go to your phone, right? Before moving to your phone, write down what you plan to do on the phone as a way of increasing accountability and building more awareness. So it's not that you can't go to the phone, but you need to have a good reason for that. It's not just because you got a notification, right? On some random app. And again, like batching time to say, okay, I can do that. You know, when I check my email at five o'clock. And then, right, you can keep a little list so you don't forget. But it's really important to have that accountability and awareness. So if you want to escape, then limit your time or schedule a time to do it, right? So it's like, you know what, I'm giving myself what, 10, 15 minutes at the end of the day to scroll through, you know, your favorite social media site. That's fine. Set the timer and enjoy it, but you're going to numb with more awareness. And I think that's a really important piece to the puzzle in terms of shifting problematic behavior. Okay. So that's, we just talked about sign three. You need more social media to feel satisfied. And we talked about solution four, which is to restrict your phone access. Now let's look at the fourth sign. 
which is you've convinced yourself that you have an audience to serve. Boy, how many of us have done that? So um, this is, isn't right. Like this intervention really isn't focused on influencers because of course they probably do have an audience to serve, but boy, we could have a really big conversation about them and their behavior because, you know, there, there's a strong case to be made that influencers are the ones that struggle the most with this. But we're just talking about everyday people, um, not with huge followings on social media and really looking at the pressure you may feel to post frequently and giving yourself permission to resist that pressure. Um, so it, you know, something to maybe pay attention to is if you feel that pressure to post frequently, or, or if you notice that you consider taking photos or what to share in terms of photos in the context of, I need something to post, or what will others think about this? That's when you know that you've kind of become an object in your own life um, because you're considering, you know, how the, the image and the appearance and the aesthetics of something you would or would not do instead of actually living in the moment and, and paying attention to, um, you know, what do I want to take a picture of or how am I enjoying this moment? So you're not thinking self-referentially in those moments, but you can be free to be in the moment. And so that, that fourth sign, you've convinced yourself that you have an audience to serve can be a sign that you might have some problematic behavior. And so let's look at a solution for that. Um, so this is our fifth solution and it is to experiment with no post. So take a time, take time away where you're not posting and then take a look at, does anyone notice? Um, do you need them to notice? <laughs> what if no one notices? Um, right. And think about other ways that you can connect meaningfully with friends and families. So you can do that face-to-face, -face, obviously that's not always possible, but you can also, you know, create a small group through messaging or other means of communication. Um, so I had a friend that recently went on a trip and one of the things that she did is she shared pictures with a small group. So she still was able to use the app, but it wasn't going out to everyone. And this was a small group of friends and family who really were so excited to see, um, to see, uh, photos of her trip and her adventure. And I, th I think that's a lovely option. And so, you know, there are more options to do that with social media platforms. And so thinking about how you can, um, how you can make the platform work for you and not get pushed into their algorithms and um, their, their uh, behaviorism can be really helpful. So now we're on to the fifth sign you have withdrawal symptoms when not on social media. So withdrawal symptoms are a classic sign of um, an addictive process happening. So what do withdrawal symptoms include? So they include anxiety, irritability, insomnia, depression, strong cravings. So strong cravings to use um, the tech. And so, you know, if you notice you have withdrawal symptoms, first, don't panic, but let's really take it seriously and pay attention to, um, to what these symptoms can teach you. And so with that, I have, um, I have three more solutions. So solution six is declutter social media. So, you know, what are some ways you can do this? So first start by deleting all social media apps from your phone. That feels drastic, but we need uh, we need drastic behavior change so it can be really helpful. And then give yourself two weeks absolutely free from the social media apps. So two weeks 
Give yourself a break. You could do 30 weeks, right? Which is what we talked about with the screen fast. Um, but with this, this um, intervention, the recommendation is two weeks, three, uh, four weeks would be better, I would say. And then slowly and intentionally add back apps that serve a specific purpose and develop rules around using them, right? So for example, maybe you add Facebook back, but your rule is, it's only for my book club um, group, um, or I'm going to, I'm going to add this app back because it helps me to um, work closely with my team. But you need to be really intentional. And what I would also say is set up accountability for yourself. So have an accountability person who knows what you're doing, who knows why you're doing it and who you can check in with about, hey, okay, like I added this app back, but I'm using it way outside um, those rules. And having some loving accountability can be really helpful. Um, So now let's look at solution seven. So consider therapy. And this is specifically if you notice like, boy, I've got like all five of these signs or some of these signs are really troublesome, right? For instance, um, the compulsive nature of the behavior is really getting in the way. um, And those withdrawal symptoms are really getting in the way. I think it's very appropriate to consider therapy. So therapy is really good for bringing more awareness to the behavior. It's really helpful for developing effective coping skills to manage the withdrawal symptoms, to manage the longing, the FOMO, all of that. And it's therapy is really good for increasing accountability about behavior. You bet you that your therapist is going to be asking you about that behavior every single week. And you might not always like that, but that is one of um, that is one of the powerful um, aspects about therapy that makes it effective for behavioral change, right? Is we increase accountability. And then therapy is really helpful for implementing behavioral change. So your therapist can help you with a 30-day screen fast. Your therapist can help you with decluttering social media. Your therapist can help you with building accountability at home. And so it can be a really helpful option um, if you notice some problematic behavior. And then solution eight is a solution designed to really help you on an ongoing basis. So Maybe you've done some of these interventions and you feel like you're in a pretty good place with your social media use, which is great. Congratulations. Um, Solution eight is to create recurring digital breaks to reinforce healthy habits. Okay. So one example of this is having a digital Sabbath once a week. Um, and that this, what the research finds is that this is often, um, just right and enough to remind you to moderate your consumption. So this is something that I have begun doing where once a week for me, it is on, um, Sabbath. I'm, I, my faith is important to me. Uh, and so it works well. Um, I take, um, I take a break from, from the apps, right? So I may still use my phone for um, specific um, faith-based learning, that sort of thing, you know, maybe access my calendar, but I'm not accessing social media apps. I'm not accessing um, news apps because for me, that's part of taking that break. And so that is solution eight, recurring digital breaks to reinforce healthy habits because, you know, we want you to have awareness and these digital breaks help you to keep that awareness in place. So I want to go 
over um, just here at the end so you have it um, for you. I want to go over the five signs and then also the solutions, but please know that I will have all of these also included um, on my Instagram, right? So we're talking about social media. We're talking about good intentional use that helps you, that enriches your life and doesn't drain you. Um, and so hopefully the resources that I have there can do just that for you, can be helpful to you. Um, so I'll include all of these signs there and also the solutions. And that's at Smith um, on Instagram. And so let's review the signs. So five signs you might have a social media problem. One, tech use is compulsive. Two, tech use is getting in the way of life. Three, you need more social media to feel satisfied. Four, you've convinced yourself that you have an audience to serve. And five, you have withdrawal symptoms when not on social media. So those are the five signs to watch for. And then I want to review quickly the solutions. Of course, I'm going to cover these in a lot more detail um, throughout the week on Instagram. So solution one, bring more awareness to tech use. Solution two, fill the time with other activities. Solution three, do a screen fast. So maybe you do a 24-hour dopamine fast. Maybe you do a 30-day screen fast. Uh, solution four, restrict your phone use. Put it away, out of sight, out of mind. Solution five, experiment with no posts. So challenge that, that pressure you have to post. And solution six is declutter your social media. So this is where we get rid of some of those apps for a couple of weeks and then slowly and intentionally add them back with a specific purpose in mind. Uh, solution seven is to consider therapy. It can bring a lot of awareness and accountability to the behavior and can really help you get traction on behavioral change. And then solution eight, and this can be really helpful for everyone, is create recurring digital breaks to reinforce healthy habits. So you might consider a digital Sabbath. So once a week, taking a break for a day from your tech consumption and specifically, right, those media app consumptions that are kind of designed towards more compulsive use. And so I hope this can be helpful for you. Head on over to my website to check out the show notes with the resources for this episode. You can do that at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 180 social media five signs. So one more time, that's www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 180 social media five as in the number five signs. And I will link to last week's podcast episode and it's got some links to some of the research. Um, and if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, I would also recommend that. In the meantime, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember love and work, work and love. That's all there is. Until next time, take good care. Thank you.